0: Hey guys, so before I go into today's episode of the podcast, I just want to make an announcement. So if you are new to the podcast or if you've been listening to the beginning, thank you so much for taking the time out to listen to this. But I just want to make a special announcement that my first ever book is going to be coming out on the 3rd of December 2021. And the title of the book is The No-Nonsense Approach to Female Fat Loss. And this is something that has been brewing for quite a while and it's something that i'm very very passionate about and inside the book you'll be kind of looking at how to understand your mental cycle how to understand your cravings when to push your training when to ease off your training how to train and eat during your pregnancy and train around it pcos how to understand endometriosis amenorrhea which is lack of a cycle the pill is it beneficial what type of pill is more beneficial does it does it impact your sex drive we talk about perimenopause and menopause and we talk about thyroid and there's many other topics that we talk about. So it's fairly in-depth. It's going through every single stage uh, that a woman can go through and it's fairly in-depth. A lot of research, a lot of effort's been put into it. So I'm super, super excited to announce that the book is available for pre order through the link in the episode notes, and it will be available through the link in my bio on Instagram at Shane Walsh Fitness. Or if you want to head over to ShaneWalshFitness.com forward slash pre order the book, and you can get all the details there. It will be available on Amazon from the 3rd of December as well, which I'm super, super excited for. So I hope you guys enjoy the episode. I hope you guys enjoy the book. Any questions on the book, let me know. But I'm super, super excited and hope you guys get a copy hey guys and welcome to the next episode of the Shane Walsh podcast so today's episode is a very special interview with one of our clients one of the members of team SWF so we chat with Amy and Amy has been working with Dallas for six months now and is actually finishing up tomorrow on the release of this podcast so today's episode on the Thursday which is episode 222 um, is the last double episode on a week so from now going forward all I'm going to focus on is getting an episode out every Monday until kind of the book is is gone out the, the year has been the last 18 months two years have been very very full on and just taking a bit of a, a, a kind of step aside for the next kind of like kind of seven eight weeks before kind of christmas kicks in and then kind of ramp it up again potentially in 2022 but just taking a foot off the gas been doing two episodes a week for the now for the last 18 months so but the the, the main point of call for this episode is with the amazing client uh amy so amy has had an incredibly brave journey and amy's going to talk about it in a lot more detail and amy has come from slim and club background has had battles with her own headspace uh, after having issues with fertility having issues with getting a diagnosis for what is we know now as kind of endometriosis and some of the things she talks about is the importance of self-worth for her now the importance of actually going to talk to someone the importance of kind of the questions that and recognizing what her values were and recognizing that it wasn't about weight loss from what she was trying to do with us from doing exercises she gives some tips that what she's used for herself to kind of make sure that how she books in her time with her too busy with her busy life and kids she talks about making sure that she is moving away from seeing food as comfort and the voice or how she snaps herself out of it does she get it right every time no but that also means that she's human and it's incredibly honest and open episode particularly the first kind of like 15-20 minutes amy talks about kind of the element of trauma the p ptsd from that side of things and kind of getting misdiagnosis and misdiagnosis from doctors and stuff and this isn't a dig at doctors but i'm gonna let amy kind of talk about everything with with you guys now and hopefully you appreciate it and one of the things that amy kind of said all fair at the very end of the episode was this isn't a program what you guys offer i don't know how to describe it but it's it's an experience and a a coaching style that like no other, and it's amazing to see how free and happy Amy is now. And she also says something at the end, the very very end of the episode about her kids, that since she has stopped commenting on her own weight and her stomach. And her own daughter has stopped commenting on her stomach, as in her mom's stomach. And that is just proof that when we stop commenting on ourselves in a negative manner, our kids stop doing it too. So just something that Amy kind of said at the very end, off air, and I think I'm not sure if it's on air or off air, but it's incredibly powerful to see how the the, the change and stuff that has happened. But hope you guys enjoy the episode and um, yeah if you enjoy it at all guys please do tag us up on me up on your story and uh, tag jalous up as well and if you want to work with us or kind of book in your 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 chat or whatever i thought and get you started in the new year please do kind of pop us a message a dm don't go alone send the theres two episodes there to kind of help you guys like that and then we've got the book and stuff as well so i hope you guys enjoy the episode with amy
1: Amy, how are we? Good, things?
0: very good. So, Amy, I know you have been working with Dallas uh, for the last little bit, and we're talking off air and we're kind of actually better press record before we uh, lose all the the words of wisdom that uh, what would Dallas say is the T-shirt that we're going to get made after what you said. But I'm going to let you talk about your own story. Um, and why you got to kind of in touch with ourselves to kind of help and guide you in the direction that you actually wanted to go or thought you wanted to go?
1: Okay. Um, so go right back to the beginning. <laughs> um, okay. When I was 16, it was the first time I ever thought I need to lose weight and I did it, did it at home um, and lost weight and then gained it back and joined a slimming world no sorry can I say the name of the club okay yeah. <laughs> um I joined I, I don't actually remember if it was Weight Watchers or and World or what it was I joined a slimming club at 18 and pretty much on clubs until I was about 35 got a bit that age but for those those years I was like on a diet or off a diet um bad diets thrown in there was like when paleo was the thing to follow i was doing that um it was always like i can even see myself now like taking out a calendar it's 12 weeks till christmas you could lose two pounds a week if you do this diet and then obviously a week later you have the calendar and it's like 11 weeks till christmas you could lose you, you now you need to lose three pounds to get where you want to be and then um so that was it really. And then 2013, I obviously had a very bad image of myself. I just, weight loss was my primary goal of my body. If I exercised, it was for weight loss. I was always on a diet. But in 2013, I got married. And um, we started trying to have a, but it, it didn't happen straight away. Um, and of course, then my first thought was like, you Google Why can't I get pregnant? And one of the first things that comes up is obesity. Like, and you read this headline from the sun or something, and that's all enforced what I thought in my head that like my weight was just the worst thing about now it was causing me not to get pregnant. Um so yeah, so my self-image, I suppose, went really down. Like the interest reinforced what I believed already from all those years of dieting um, and that it was totally my fault that we couldn't get pregnant. And it was my fault because I was fat. That's what I used to say in my head. Um, after a year then, unfortunately we had a miscarriage. Then I thought, again, you Google, why did I have a miscarriage? And one of the things that is a headline, um, obesity causes miscarriage, um, which now I know is like, there's many factors that cause miscarriage, and um, most of the times even no. So yeah, that continued on for another year, another year, and then um, I had a bad experience with a doctor who reinforced all of this for me, and who told me that yeah, if if I could just lose weight, I would get pregnant. Um, and yeah, I asked her if it was likely that my miscarriage had been caused by overweight and she kind of, she nodded and she said, yeah. And obviously she was she was wrong <laughs> for anyone listening, but it reinforced everything. So if my body image was like, it was, I'd say a four or five before I started on that journey, like just took it down to zero, all of that. And then to have it reinforced by a doctor. And now and I can see that she was at fault there but at the time obviously I wasn't in the place to logically look at what she said and I didn't even get angry about it I just got upset and I I took what she said and I was like well that's be it that's what I knew um but then um I there was there is a happy ending to this uh, I eventually got diagnosed with endometriosis and had surgery and That was what was preventing me getting pregnant. Nothing to do with my weight. It was what, that was what was pregnant. And even because I thought it was my weight so much, I didn't even recognize so much pain every month that I was like, like taking pain like for four or five days a month, taking above the amount of doses you're meant to take just with the pain, going to meetings and having like hot water bottles on your back and your belly and then take off when you're getting out of the car. Like, I just, I think I probably blamed all of that on my weight. Obviously, you know, my periods were painful because I was overweight. Um, So then I got a diagnosis, diagnosis of endometriosis, had surgery, and then got pregnant. Within the months of having the surgery, I was pregnant um, with my, my little girl, who's now five, uh, and then had a very good pregnancy with her. And we were obviously scared but delighted and her birth ended up in an emergency section which after her birth I suffered a bit with PTSD I didn't read at the time but I was I was getting flashbacks and I wasn't sleeping um even though you don't sleep newborn but even when she was lying beside me asleep I wasn't sleeping um and again what that came into my head was that like that way because you're overweight like that's it like your, your bmi says whatever and therefore that's why you know your slimmer friend wouldn't have had that happen in the birth the labor will progress naturally like it was a it was a 10 minute section we went from all being kindly, lovely. my husband was getting a cup of tea off the midwife and the cup of tea got abandoned somewhere and 10 minutes baby was born um so yeah it was like it was a bit ER like an episode of VR but so it, it's obviously traumatic because the fear was you wasn't going to make it but um like I blamed all of that on my weight just that you know I was overweight going into pregnancy and that's why that's why the birth went the way it went and again I'd google it and of course you're going to see the things that say oh, men have longer labours or get into more distress or whatever it is and you're not looking behind the research since like in the last few months, I've read more of that, like those headlines again and gone and read them. And now I can look at it more logically. Do you know, I, I don't just say, oh, well, it's definitely weight. Like, um and yeah, so body image was like negative now after that, and mental health was starting to like suffer. And then we went in to try for another baby, which again took, I think it took two and a half years or so. Again, I had to have another surgery and thankfully got pregnant with eight months of that surgery with my little daughter. Um, Found out we were pregnant on Christmas Eve, which was like, it was just after everything. That was just the most amazing thing. Christmas Eve, when I was like, I better just check. Fully expecting not to be pregnant, but I was. Um, That was, yeah, that was amazing. Um, And during my pregnancy with her, I diagnosed by a midwife with PTSD from my from my first daughter's birth and then COVID hit so I didn't feel like going in to see a counsellor in the rotunda and I kind of thought I was handling it COVID covering my head and I thought ah, it's okay I'm not really thinking about the labour now but really what had happened like I was getting PTSD thinking about possibly going into labour again and having it was really and I couldn't I couldn't face the thought of going into a surgery and I just assumed labour would go the same way it went; that it it ended up in some kind of emergency. I couldn't see and any other outcome for a birth. Um, and a midwife diagnosed me with PTSD when I was talking this. this. Um, and in hindsight, they did a great job, but like I ignored the calls from the counsellors, and they can't make you go to counsellor. Like you ignore it, you ignore it. Um i was fine work was busy with covid stuff and i was like you know that's out of my head now and then i had my daughter and i ended up having her by a planned section and it was lovely it was a lovely experience. it was just like the most peaceful and the staff were so nice and everyone every permit and my husband met was like this is not going to be like your daughter your first daughter's birth this is a different and it was it was it was a 100% different it was lovely And that triggered the PTSD. So I worked with a counsellor to discover all of this. Almost immediately, like after she was born, the mental health issues started coming back. And years of like feeling terrible about my, all of that infertility and then like a very traumatic birth experience. Yeah, I developed... um, First of all, it was postnatal depression I was diagnosed with, but there was a lot linked to my first daughter's birth. It was a lot of anxiety, like talking through her birth, talking with the counselor. I had to do a lot of work with the counselor to talk about all, it, to talk about how like negative I felt towards myself. Um like realizing the things like not getting pregnant that what my daughter's births that they weren't my fault that it, it was just happened in life that they weren't my fault. Um, that if I, if I had, it could have still happened if I was a size 10, like it wasn't anything to do with weight. It wasn't anything to do with, there wasn't really anything I did or didn't do to make it happen. Um, but I had just wrapped them up in blaming myself for them and mostly blaming my weight. And yeah. So in January, 2020, have all built up and obviously I had a newborn and I was feeding her and she was feeding every hour and there was very little sleep and COVID and we were in lockdown again and I couldn't see my family in Galway and yeah things just hit me it's actually like I don't even think it was slow or gradual it's literally like I woke up one day in January and just everything just hit me like a ton of bricks all of that up. And, yeah, I started having flashbacks from my first daughter's birth again, that I'd had a bit after she was born. I start having what's called intrusive images a lot. And they were all to do with the girls. Um, like I'd be walking, pushing the buggy and I'd, I'd see a video in my head play of me like, like a car mounting the, the pavement or the path and um, hitting the buggy. Um, I'd be backing out of the driveway and I'd I'd have to blink because I'd see a truck coming up the road. I'd have to literally like blink and say, it's not there. Um, and I know they're called intrusive because my counsellor told me at the time, I didn't know. I was just like living on this high alert um, all the time. Um, but yeah, so I, I kind of pretty quickly reached out to my doctor, to my GP and I have family and friends who've been really open about post-nation and anxiety after having a baby. Um, so I did like, that was because I just, I reached out to a load of people because they had been so open. And my GP, very great, very understanding. And um, I knew she would be, she's a very supportive GP. Um, and she referred me to a counsellor. And I was working with that counsellor for a couple of, weeks, and probably cause I got help so quickly um after you I wasn't really coping with things there was a lot like that's just the highlights there was lots of other stuff going on I was like I just I remember being in super value and thinking you have to tell your legs to move now I was holding holding NASA the baby and five-year-old was like I don't know what she was doing she was running around me but I remember thinking real danger I'm just going to sit on the floor now like I might just sit here not in a kind of I'm exhausted way but if I don't really care I'm going to sit on the floor now kind of way and the feeling of walking around and there being a hole in front of you the whole time and that you're just like there's a pull down into it if, if that's um so I'd go between those images of something terrible happening to my children to those feelings of like like total lethargic and that like Feeling of a black hole. I obviously have a really visual mind because I saw all of this. Like, um, everything was like more what I saw in my head every day. That's what I saw every day. Um, but I made really good progress with the counselor quite quickly. Um, and a lot of it was down to realizing that all that stuff, like I said, it wasn't my fault. And then that's when I got in touch with Shane Walsh Fitness. Um. I kind of reached a point of counseling sessions and talking. It wasn't just counseling, it was obviously talking to my family and my husband. And like the counselor was, he wanted me to make time for myself, that kind of thing, and wanted me to look at what I had to do, things that were important to me, basically. And I wanted to get back. One of the things I realized was I wanted to get back a bit of control over my body. And I would have talked about this in the first two or three weeks an awful lot because, like, for 20 years, I was in a cycle of losing weight, gaining weight, losing weight. And then you add on, you're in a cycle of infertility. And then you're in a cycle of like, you don't feel old when something like an emergency section happens. It's the most, and the doctors and everything was brilliant. It was like, it was they got my daughter out in 10 minutes, but I was in no way in control in that situation, which is how it had to be. But um, yeah, I felt very out of control, like that I wasn't in charge. So I want to get back control of my body and to do things with that were just for me, not about weight loss. Um, although at that point, I was very keen on weight loss. <laughs> I it's like,
0: funny, it's funny because like, you like i thank you for being so honest about your experience and i think it is important that if someone else is struggling with that side of things, that there are options there are services out there and like if you're not happy with a doctor's opinion or whatever it may be it is important to go to other doctors that are out there as well and try to stay away from dr google dr google rarely um solves anyone's problems but at some times when we're at a certain point in our lives we're so caught up in that ideology that we're kind of like, we're kind of trapped into that sort of circle. I'm going get, to get, get sucked in, but you've mentioned something to me or fair about like, and you just alluded to it there. Like you, when you came to us, you had the idea of kind of like losing weight, but Dallas did some love. It's a homework with you. and made you actually kind of look at your values and kind of said to yourself, well, I actually don't want to lose weight. Yeah. So can you kind of talk about well, like what Dallas worked with you on and kind of how freeing that kind of epiphany was?
1: Um yeah, I've so I've been working with Dallas for like 6 months more or less. Um and obviously I came from despite from kind of from a very low place in relation to my body. Um but I should say cuz one thing I did want to say was I don't think I could have worked with Dallas 3 months or six weeks before that like I don't think I don't think my head I think I needed the counselling for 100% I yeah. yeah I like I, I think the questions he was he asked me <laughs> if he asked me them in like before I got counselling I, I don't know I don't know what would have happened but uh yeah it was the counselling that kind of gave me like the strength to like properly work um yeah. work with Dallas. um it kind of happened really really easily. Like I had, I knew when I started that I wanted to abandon like rapid weight loss. I'd already reached that point. I knew from, I think I had reached that over the a few years to that. I kind of had realized myself that what was going on, like rapid weight loss, weight gain, to what I wanted. So I kind of, I didn't come to Dallas thinking like, God, I want to lose like two stone and. In- um, so I already was at a place where I was like slow and steady weight loss, like not not a week or whatever it is. And I did lose. I lost weight initially, but I lost weight initially because I was using food. I was eating all basically, like I was. I was eating as a stress reliever. I was eating. Counseling was good, but it didn't address all of that. I was eating as a stress reliever. I was eating, eating my things. Is eating mindlessly. So then, when you stop that, you're obviously going to lose weight. And yeah. Like that question, and I I lost weight. Um, I kind of lost a bit, and then I just I kind of plateaued a bit, and I got a bit annoyed. i paid and then I'd be like <sighs> talking to Dallas, and he'd be like, "Right, make some changes," and I'd be kind of half committed to them. <laughs> and I'd be like, "Yeah, kind of." So then um, he kept asking me, what are your goals here? What are your goals, you know, like, what do you want out of this? And I'd always keep thinking, yeah, weight loss, obviously. It's weight loss. But obviously a big thing for me going into it was my relationship with food as well. I wanted to stop all of that stress eating. And he had me do a couple of exercises, one called the Life Compass. um, And it's about what's important to you, what you value in life. And I actually like, because I'd never set. this. He was asking me, what do you value in life? And I was like, you're going to have to break it down. I don't know how to answer. So I remember then he had to send me these like. um, The questionnaire. Yeah. Like, it's like, like something you give, like a like school kid. Like yeah, exactly.
0: Course. It's like a checklist. Yeah. You take out, you rank it out of a certain ranking and all that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah and a, a something called a lampus, which you do your different headings and you put in a couple of points about what's yeah. important. Um. So he pushed me to do those because him him just asking me the question, what's important, what he's I it wasn't really getting me to think deeply enough. And I think he obviously um because I'd still say, Oh yeah, like um keep going with the good relationship with food that I have now and a weight loss. But when I did those I was like I sat down one evening and spent an hour or two doing them. And at the end of the time I reached the end, I was like, Do you know what? There's nothing in here about like losing weight. There was stuff about my family, about um, my job, about my kids, about my husband, about things I enjoy. But there was nothing that was like, let's lose weight and let's work on that. Um, so, yeah, the next day I was just I just um, messaged Alice and was like, yeah, I, I don't really care about us anymore. It's just not important to me. And the minute I realized it, then I was like, Yeah, that's why I was struggling to make changes. Because obviously you have to reduce calories sometimes if you want to lose weight. Um, I was struggling to make changes the couple of weeks prior to that. But then once I realized I didn't really care about weight loss, I just decided that I I wasn't going to focus on it. And that in a few months, if I wanted to focus on weight loss again. um, But yeah, it's very... It feels relaxed, if that makes sense, to not be thinking a diet or to not be on or off a diet, but also to know. I always thought when I said being in control of my body, I thought that meant being in control to lose weight, being in control of food and you lose weight. But now I feel more in control, knowing that I can just keep going about and eat what I want and my week, go on a holiday, have a stressful month in work up all night with the kids eat a croissant because I feel like it because I haven't had any sleep and that's what's going to feel better <laughs> um, instead of eating like 10 of them <laughs> um, and like not gain weight, like not gaining weight is is something I've never in my life, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, um, I think it's like a proverbial weight shift off your mind and your shoulders that has just kind of allowed you to like, well, the one thing I can't control is my actions which is like, well, I'm not going to stress it. if I have maybe two croissants or three croissants, it's still probably less than five or six or seven or eight or nine or 10 or whatever I have previously. Yeah. But it also doesn't make you a lesser, lesser of a human for doing that. And then yeah. the self empathy thing, which I know Dallas is huge on anyway, probably came into it and that show has shown to yourself and how you're talking to yourself now, because you, for a very long time, I thought that the weight thing was your fault and it was a reason for X, Y, and Z, when in fact it wasn't your fault, it was something else going on. And I think having that realization has kind of had a knock on effect to other things. And it's probably given you the freedom to kind of have the life that you actually want to have. And it's overall improved your self-worth. And this is something that I know Dallas has kind of suggested to me to kind of bring up. How, how has your self-worth improved? um through kind of the various interventions through the counseling, which obviously is a huge part of part of it. And then also the work that you do kind of with Dallas. So how how much of an improvement have you seen in how you view yourself overall?
1: Um yeah. Do you know one big thing I notice is um I was talking to Dallas about this during the week about the mirror dance. You yeah. know you're not happy with your body and you're looking in the mirror and you're like kind of like pulling your top down like like, I've had two sections now, so there's there, there's no, like, dealing with that. Uh, I don't know what to call it. What do you call the the, the mum-tum? It's got whatever. Like, I've had two yeah, sections the, the, the scar tissue has healed. And now I can say that that's the way the scar tissue has healed. And the only way I can get rid of that is by a tummy tuck. Like, there's nothing, no amount of weight loss is going to change the way my tissue has healed there. But I, like prior to that i would have thought oh god look at that you're disgusting that's disgusting it's horrible like now i just kind of i don't really look at it i just kind of think that's just there because babies and i had two c-sections and what would you expect if you if you had that do you know it's very um, everything's kind of a bit more logical so yeah like don't do that it happened that the looking in the mirror was very much focused on that area of my body um because I just had a baby, obviously. Um, But yeah, you're thinking you're just horrible, looks horrible. Um, I don't do that anymore, which is great, because obviously you have a five-year-old, and no matter how much you try to hide it, your five-year-old is going to see you doing that. I don't ask, like, does this make me look pregnant? (laughs) Does this make me look fat? I don't ask those Um, Yeah has improved hugely even like confidence um in things like the gym and stuff like I always felt a bit of a like like I shouldn't be in the gym kind of thing that you know this is for people who are fit and slim and stuff but now I just I read the gym and that's from feeling better in my body and just feeling a bit more confident that like I can go and lift weights and um yeah I can go to the gym have like negative self-talk in my head about my body like obviously it's not perfect sometimes it creeps in and you watch
0: everyone everyone has it it doesn't matter what stage someone's at regarding their body like we have we all have days where we probably haven't slept um and that's kind of the trigger for me is if i haven't slept i'm not amazing but it's like it's just a voice coming into your head doesn't mean it's fact
1: yeah like i there was one stage where um I even thought like people didn't really want to be friends with me because I was overweight or that maybe unwell in my job or that you know I couldn't be a good mum or whatever um, because I was overweight but like and it's not even that I think it's not that I think oh my god I'm an amazing mother all the time now I just don't think I'm not I don't have yes. those negative thoughts that like you know you're you're the the biggest mother here or like you know um those thoughts just aren't there Jen, yeah.
0: so it's huge, huge you kind of alluded to in relation to kind of seeking food as comfort and there was one of the, the situations that you were talking about like when when you were doing the, the kind of like the the check-ins for your the photos and stuff like that some clients don't do them some clients do do them but you have like the voice of dallas in your head saying what would what would dallas say what would dallas say Can you talk about kind of what was going on there and kind of how you've kind of moved away from seeing food as comfort?
1: Yeah, and yeah, that was the first, it must have been the first week. Um, So I was doing like the first body measurements and uh, taking some pictures. I actually stopped taking them after about just seven weeks. Um, But yeah, I went up and took the pictures and I felt terrible, like looking at the picture God, that looks horrible. Um, And you're always comparing yourself to like your, Self. like I'd be thinking you're a lot slimmer after you had your first baby and the kind of thoughts I was having after I took the pictures I just felt crap and I remember coming down the stairs going into it, and I don't even I, I don't remember what it was it was chocolate I think and I remember yeah what would Dallas say what would you say and he'd say um, why are you eating that do you think it'll fix what it's wrong And obviously it wasn't going to fix what was wrong. It was just going to make me feel crap about eating chocolate. But I wasn't feeling crap about my body anymore. I was just feeling crap about eating chocolate. And then you'd have more and then more and then feel really crap. Um, So, yeah, I didn't eat the chocolate because I had Dallas's voice in my head. And then it isn't even Dallas's voice. Like he asked the questions, but then it's kind of the insight to realize that, like, I'm going to eat this. And in 10 minutes, I'm going to feel worse. I'm going to feel worse in within the minute I opened the package and like within 10 seconds of eating it, I'll feel worse. And then I didn't eat it. And I remember sitting on the, and like feeling kind of anxious. And um, then the feeling passed. Like I didn't, I didn't feel better about my body or anything, but I feel, felt better that I hadn't eaten the chocolate. So yeah, that was very early. That was in the first week, I think.
0: But that's a big insight to have so early on because t- it, ha- it happens at various different stages for, for clients on on when they want to actually realize that the only difference between like the third or fourth bar or whatever it may be between that and the first is probably how you feel afterwards. And the third or fourth bar isn't going to solve anything that the first one didn't. Yeah. And you've, I think because you got so you were willing to get so uncomfortable when you went through the counselling. You, you kind of got uncomfortable already. So potentially that discomfort had been done and you're kind of like, you've done a little bit more soul searching than someone else after potentially a week. So that's probably where you were at because that's the hardest part for most people is like, well, why am I actually seeking this?
1: I was, because I was going to counselling, like counselling is all about kind of asking yourself questions. Like,
0: it's not fun
1: no it's not <laughs> it's even when you're trying to do it sitting in a car like like because it was during covid so I had to do it um you couldn't go visit the counselor yeah. and I couldn't do it in my house because I have two kids so like I'm knocking and walking in and like so I used to have to drive and sit in my car but you're in a car park and someone passed, and you're like oh just keep going <laughs> but um yeah like I think because the mindset of I had been doing counseling for like six weeks. Yeah, it helped. Uh, it helped an awful lot. Like like I said, I couldn't have I couldn't have started working with Dallas if I had counseling before that. Um, I don't think I I think the counselling helped me realise I wanted to do it. If you know what I mean. Like I wouldn't have I think I probably would have if I hadn't sought out counseling I'd have gone back to a slimming club or some sort of I don't know what I would have done. But I was looking for something different. And then I happen to Google. Sometimes Google can be okay because I,
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think I googled um, uh, postnatal uh, fit or something, and your name came up.
0: Jesus, yeah, because yeah, that's interesting because I think it's I think it's in the bio or it's in the podcast or somewhere. I think I did a pre and postnatal uh, episode before. If in relation to kind of you mentioned you mentioned the gym. One thing Dallas says is like the gym has almost become like your temple. Like for, for like your own headspace, uh, how big of a change did you say? Like you, you, you had created a story of, well, I need to be a certain way or I need to be at a certain fitness level to be able to go in here. How did you talk yourself out of that?
1: Um, I don't think I talked myself out so much as that. I just, so the workout start, started at home. So I started everything really, really small. Um, it started with home workouts. Um, I think we were—I can't remember—we're we in lockdown or not, but it started with home workouts because I was like, I don't. At the times basically, I was still in that kind of headspace, um, where the thought of making an hour was impossible, and then, like. Dallas started to go for walks in the evenings. So I started literally going for a 10 minute walk in the evenings. So I used to do the work with the kids and there were 20 minutes, which at the at the time they worked with that. Um, so I started there and then like walk in the evening, I actually realized, oh, actually I could get 30 minutes in the evening on my own now, but like increase my walk to 15 minutes and just kept the home workouts in the background. And then I upped the walks and I realized I started doing the work home in the evenings on my own, not with the kids. So it kind of just happened from five or 10 minutes walk evenings that I realized I have time here. And then I kind of realized, you know, I have the time maybe to get out of the house. And that's where I kind of said to Dallas, I think I'll look at rejoining a gym because I've found this time in my week. And I think it'd be better if it was out of the house, not in the house. And so then he worked a program based on the gym. And yeah, I wasn't really comfortable at first. Like it was like when I, used, I've been to the gym loads before. Um, the gym I go brilliant. They're so friendly. They're just lovely. It's a lovely atmosphere. But um, the gym for me would have been like punishing hip classes. like And an hour on the treadmill, it wasn't really enjoyable. And I never really saw improvements in like my strength. I never really saw improvements. And like, like I you know I talked about going, I still get flashbacks sometimes of when I'd be having like really painful periods with endometriosis and forcing myself to do a HIIT class. I had to walk out of more than one HIIT class um, because you couldn't skip one of your, like that'd be terrible. <laughs> um even if you're in crippling like terrible pain but I think the workouts were kind of low intensity is what I'd say like they started low intensity working around what I could work around I'm working around my baby's sleep um and over time then I just started to really enjoy the headspace in the gym and going on my own and a podcasts. um and now I actually don't even listen to anthem. I just go to the gym and just weights and stuff and just count reps. I don't like, I used to listen to podcasts and stuff, but it's even from that. And Saturday morning in the gym has become like a bit of a, like a ritual, my coffee um, in the cafe across the road. I bring it into the gym. I do my stretches with me and then I do my weights and I might do cardio or I might take an extra bit of time to do a walk on the something. Um so I'm there for a good like hour and a bit on a Saturday morning. And it's just a lovely. Day. Um but it wasn't I think it was just do that makes sense. I don't know the name of the exercise. A pull up, a chest pull up. Um where you the the barbell is low and you're pulling your arms. Like yeah, you're that. doing
0: you're doing a pull up with the 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 bar yeah
1: but your feet are on your feet are on the ground yeah. like i was like yeah. so that was in my set <laughs> i kept sending dallas like those excuses someone was using it um oh i couldn't get it they did i don't know what i used to tell, say to him well class on someone was using it um because i was so scared of doing it um it just it looked like barbells were just like the scariest thing anything to do with them anything that I hadn't done before like I was like oh my god that's so scary um so then eventually I just like had a chat to myself and I was like oh it's like when it was no one there and I did that exercise that I had been avoiding for three weeks because I knew I was going to cop on to my excuses <laughs> like eventually that there wasn't always someone using it um, yeah and yeah, that, like I didn't enjoy that first time I did that. But you feel great when you've done something that scared you.
0: Yeah, you feel so much
1: like better. Press is one of my favorite machines because the first time I felt scared doing it the first time. And then I think I used like something like 40 kilograms or something just to get started. And Dallas was like, no, you're than that. And now I'm doing 100, 100 to 110. I did 120 literally so like from like 30 or 40 and being scared of it um so yeah I think maybe more the gym is more about confidence now and it's probably because I'm not trying to lose I'm just going to the gym to like improve strength and like even on dumbbells I've gone from 4 kg to 9 g for some exercises um yeah so not focusing on weight loss means you can focus on other things in the gym and it's much nicer to be focusing on being stronger and i still haven't been to a rhythm with cardio yet
0: but well yeah but you've 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 ticked an awful lot of boxes in a very short space of time like if you think about it six months if you like you've been going to like other avenues for what 17 18 years yeah and six months you change your headspace from getting away from the likes of Um, from the likes of seeing the gym as a point of weight loss and seeing it as a point of, well, I'm just going to try and get strong and try to be the best version I can. Uh, That's to happen in six months. That's pretty spectacular. Some people never achieve that. So unfortunately, the last question I'm going to ask you, Amy, is in relation to, like you have two amazing kids. How do you make sure to book in time for you? Or how do you book in the time for you? Because that's the one thing that I think parents keep looking for the secret in relation to how to get to the gym how to get a walk in how to like put themselves first what would be your two or three tips that you would that, that you make sure that can, allows you to get in your your exercise for you
1: um so my husband runs um a lot <laughs> like a lot like person's kind of distances so um He's always set in, I have to do my run. He's always training for a run. So when you're okay. doing that, you have to be like, here's three hours I need on a second. Um, so I just started doing the same thing. And we use a Google calendar and we invite each other to events. So my gym nights are Monday, Wednesday, Saturday, Monday, Wednesday, gym sessions, like, because I'm not there till late in the evening. And Saturday morning, longer one. And likewise, his gym, his runs are Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday. And the same thing Tuesday, Thursday, long Sunday. Um, so yeah, we use our Google account, just set it in. But throughout, like when I was pregnant and um, like after when I was breastfeeding and stuff and you're not in a position to be like exercising as much, I was still pushed. Like I was trying to get him to go out the door because I knew once I wanted to check if he was still in his schedule, well then I'd be able to say well you took an hour last night so I'm taking an hour tonight. you know um, so like it's kind of both of us once I see him going out for a run the next night I'm like well do you know I'm going to go tonight it's like motivating each other and then setting it up in the couch. Um yeah because it's kind of you kind of get a bit competitive and you're like well he took an hour last night to go for a run so I'm taking my hour to go to the gym tonight <laughs> um, and wanting to leave the house obviously um wanting to spend that time is, is really good um and the other thing is like I t- or, like I didn't start off like if you wanted to say like right now I use a lot of time for like exercise um but the nights he's on runs I watch like trashy telly on my own like for an hour but the time for exercise like it's a bit daunting to say I'm going to exercise for an hour three times a week but that's where I five minute walks like it was literally because I couldn't even get my head around getting out of the house for five minutes I couldn't see how I could leave my newborn baby for like five minutes I just had to leave her for five minutes and then I left her for 10 minutes and I'm going to the gym three times a week um So, yeah, it just kind of like happened gradually, like all of a sudden I'm going to be out of the house for an hour or three times a week. Um, And then um, uh, I think you said this earlier about uh, compassion and um, really reinforcing that, like if there was a week where I didn't hit... I didn't get all the time I wanted to myself or I didn't get to go to or I'm tired or I'm stressed. Like October work kind of took over a little bit and NASA stopped sleeping. So I didn't have as much time for myself, but I know I'm going to get it back in November. I'm going to go back into my routine. So it's not the end of the world that I got a bit stressed because of lack of sleep. And my spare time was probably spent going to bed earlier and not going to the gym and like, yeah, watching more trashy netflix than i'd usually watch <laughs> like but you saw just...
0: that but, but you saw like you had a chat with dallas and Dallas was like that that's okay to step back like you you know this is your busy period with work it's okay to step back and kind of say right well what can i control i like, can probably control like trying to get some sleep when i can trying to get a walk in when i can't try to eat those wholesome nutritious food majority of the time And trying to take some time out for yourself. Like, there are the things that you decided to control rather
1: than throwing the toys out of the pram. Yeah. Yeah. No, it didn't. Like, our past life, that would have been a month where you just, like, would have been takeaways every night, back to, like, sitting on the couch eating every night. Like, and, like, I was joking earlier about going for a coffee and a croissant, but I have done that a bit more as a little way of doing actually you know what my me time has been more going to a cafe and sitting in a cafe, going to the gym and like, like doing major. But then November I've already been to the gym this week and yeah, I've I'm kind of feeling like you can just slip back into it. I slipped back into going to the gym totally give up on the gym in october i just let it take a bit of a backseat yeah. i went i went for like 15 minutes some nights like literally just went in did some basic weights and left again but you're getting your head in the space of going three times a week yeah. so yeah that's another tip i'd give obviously actually if um if you're like trying to make time for exercise, especially that when there isn't time even if you make 10 minutes like it's not good to making 10 minutes. Yeah. Whereas before I would have just been like, no, you can't go to the gym. That's, and then you wouldn't go for a month and then you wouldn't go for another month and you wouldn't go for another month. And then you'd be starting back at scrapping. Um, whereas now I'm just jumping back into it in November.
0: Yeah. No, I, and I like that idea of kind of like you broke it down from five minute walk, 10 minute walk, 15 minute walk and built it up and built it up. And then you're kind of, you're using the same approach now as like, even if I have five, 10 minute walk in, That's okay for me. That's all I need right now. That's all my body wants right now, because there's other things that are valuing you value them more because you've you've realised that you've done that valuing exercise that Dallas got you to do and realise there's going to be times where I can push, times that I can I need to sit back and say right, well this is my focus for October, November is when I'm going to push, and then we'll see what happens in December. But you have the hindsight and the foresight to say right now's the time to push accelerate now's the time to actually ease off and 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 that's a credit to yourself because i think people try to hammer themselves with too many things and end up doing absolutely nothing
1: Uh, no you're asking about self-worth that's another way it's changed i would have looked at a week i didn't get to the gym and where maybe i had more convenience meals and more takeaways because of work stresses I would have turned that into like like you're a terrible person you're a terrible human being. Whereas now I just think that's just what happened. Like, it's just the way the month went. It's not, it's not any reflection on me. Yeah. I feel like I'm happy I kept up. I'm happy I got to the gym when I did. I actually hit some weight, some strength goals. Like, cause that's what I decided I could do. Um, whereas before it would have been like, you're a terrible person. Um, and then that would have led to being off a diet for weeks and weeks
0: exactly like as you said like y- y- your your headspace has completely changed but you were willing to do the work before you kind of came to us um and what the work that you've done with Dallas, the, the way you're talking to yourself is a lot sounder But you've been incredibly brave to kind of come on and talk about the the, the stuff with endometriosis the stuff about kind of like the post nato side of things as well um, and I hope you um, give yourself the credit that you you deserve, and that like someone who's listened to this will take the same approach. Someone will kind of listen to the this approach again and kind of take it with their own lives and say, right, I need to stop going to Doctor Google one. <laughs> and
1: uh, I didn't realize how much Doctor Google came out in my story. Until
0: <laughs> it came up a few times. was kind of like, because I think we've all done it. <laughs> We've all done it at some point. It's like, yeah, I definitely have that. No, you don't. Um, But it, it's important to say, right, if, if you're not happy with one person's opinion or one doctor's opinion, there are other doctor, doctors out there. And it's like there are amazing doctors out there as well. Sometimes there's, there, as I've said, and it's in the book as well on endometriosis, it's such a new thing. And there's more research needs to be done on it, and I think that's that's the massive, massive thing. Amy, I cannot thank you enough for uh, for coming on and sharing your story. Um, and I think we're going to have to get Dallas that t-shirt. What the, what will Dallas say? Or what? The, yeah.
1: I think I'm just going to have that voice in my head now. <laughs> like Dallas, li-
0: Dallas lives there, rent free. <laughs> uh, but thank you so much for coming on, Amy.
1: Thank you. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that episode with Amy, and a big shout out to Amy Dan for being so open and also better on experience, and if anyone
0: has been affected by anything else on that episode, please do know a bit support there for you, please do know you're not alone, and the biggest lesson I took away from that episode was that wasn't about weight loss, that was important to Amy, it was getting the freedom back and being able to live the life that she wanted, and that was truly inspiring to listen to, and it's not easy to go on an episode and talk, um, but it's also not easy to go and talk to anyone in general, but now one of support out there, so guys, if you enjoyed the episode, please do try this up story, and um, please do leave comments up on my and if you're interested in working with myself, or Jane, or Dallas, please do um, pop us at and we will be able to book in a court.